What's up, crazy world? Coming at you with episode number four. Today, we're going to talk all about storytelling, but first, I want to get into some house cleaning. So, first thing on the docket, my apologies. I totally didn't mean to put this episode out a day late, but life's really gotten in the way lately. Um, recently, it came to light that my mom is uh, sick, so she's being taken care of, but uh, that's a you know ongoing situation. Um, my wife, she had some family get together for a quinceanera up in Dallas, which is like four hours away for us. So we drove up there and spent the weekend there for that, which was, you know, like a mini vacation. That was pretty awesome. I just got back in last night at about midnight. So that was cool. It was kind of like a mini vacation. The only thing was one, I don't even know how I did this. I do, but I don't. But I fell out of a bed onto like some of the hardest ceramic tile I've ever hit in my life. Uh, Mexico really knows what they're doing over there. So uh, I don't know. I messed up my finger pretty good. It's all swollen and purple. Um, and then I bruised my hip and my knee. So that was pretty cool. Then the next morning, my 18 month old daughter grabbed a hot curling iron and uh, burnt herself pretty good. So that was a disaster. Then we had some more, you know, vacation, I guess, a whole nother day and a half. And we came home and we took her to the doctor today, uh, Monday. And she, they sent us to a plastic surgeon to help make sure that it heals up properly and her skin doesn't get fused or anything like that. So that's an ongoing situation, I guess. Not a big deal though, but uh, it has taken a lot of my attention away from this. So I apologize for being a day late. That being said, Let's kind of get into uh, some shout outs. Oh, actually, you know what? Let me talk about comic books. Let's see. This was a really big week for indies. There was a lot of great books that came out on the indie side this week and a surprise. So uh, Forever Rangers, this was kind of like my big book I've been waiting for. It was the finale for the Go Go Power Rangers run. So 20 issues straight of Ryan Perot. Uh, I think they changed artists two times, so a total of three artists on that run. But this was a $8 special issue to um, end that whole 20-issue run from Ryan Perot. And this issue was absolutely phenomenal. Probably everything that I could have wanted, a really solid ending, and it really got me thinking about storytelling, to be honest. That's a lot of why this episode even came to be is because the storytelling for these 20 issues was so good. Like they were so well written that I feel like forever Rangers, this like big finale really kind of wrote itself. Like it was exactly everything it needed to be. It gave us everything we wanted. Um, I really liked the ending and as a bit as embarrassing as it should be, I did tear up a little while I was reading those last few pages because it is, oh, Ryan Perot knows what he's doing. Don't sleep on him. His writing, and it hasn't always been like that. He was good when he started on Go-Go Power Rangers 20 issues ago, but you can definitely see how much better he's gotten over, how much the experience has affected him, you know? 
Um, I do listen to a podcast that does a behind-the-scenes type interview with him after each issue. So I think I mentioned that before, but either way, um, it's called uh, Ranger Danger. Uh, and some of their episodes are boom or they're called boom room episodes. Those are the, uh, behind the scenes stuff about the issues. So that was really cool. Um, you know, and I kind of got to hear him talk about, he worked for JJ Abrams. Whenever he came to write Power Rangers, he actually left being JJ Abrams, uh, personal assistant. So he's been very well versed in storytelling and writing and stuff. He came over and started on Gogo Power. Actually, he started with uh, Power Rangers Aftershock, which was none of his fault, but it was not good because it was basically the sequel to the Power Rangers movie in 2017. It uses those characters and that world, and it's just not not good. It's really cool the way he wrote it because uh, I, I didn't realize it was the same writer for a long time. It was just recently I realized it, and I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, actually, that's his style. Like, he writes character interaction. He builds everything around character interaction. So, um, it, there was some cool things he did with that book, just like the movie. The movie has its merits. It's just not great, you know? And they really, I mean, he was fighting an uphill battle to do something with that. But it's called Power Rangers Aftershock, if you're trying to read that. Um, that being said... Uh, Forever Rangers, definitely book of the week, um, for me, at least. Now, uh, there was a book that I read the week before called Sonata from Image Comics. And this book, I think I talked about it a little bit. Here was the thing. Like, this book, the first issue was cool, but really it was just a bunch of world building. But it laid a foundation that will be absolutely amazing going forward if they follow through on that That massive amount of time they spent on world building so that was cool but um i was listening to first issues comic podcast i believe and they mentioned that they kind of felt the same way about the book to be honest with you um they said the same thing great world building issue but they're going to need to see more you know they really need to get into the characters all that to say they discovered at the beginning of the book there's a um link that you can follow basically to download an app and this app is so cool i don't understand why image didn't sell this why they didn't put this out there like it, it's crazy to me um it's an augmented reality app so when you like scan the cover of the book it opens up it basically unlocks like a game that you can play on your phone using uh you know sonata world stuff you know it's just cool you have to check it out um, I might try to get a video of it on my Instagram soon. I was trying to do that the other day, but then life happened, so, you know. Anyway, but what else is really cool is whenever you open the pages, if you look through your phone at the pages, you can see these little handles, and you can drag them down. And, like, the first handle is, like, the line art. The second handle is your inks. And then the third handle will be your, your paints. And you can actually layer those and see different parts. It's really cool. Like you can actually mess around and learn and see how they make the comic. You know, how it's drawn, how the art works and stuff. The Augmented Reality app is, it, it's baller, man. Like it's a four or five star app. Like it's well done. It's functional. It works. I had no complaints. It looks really cool. You can see the page kind of like floating in air um i mean 
it's a really cool thing. I don't know why Image didn't push this. Um, and I'm not going to lie. There, there was quite a few other books that I did read this week. Um, Usagi Yojimbo. I read like Outer Darkness number seven. Um, uh, the Empty Man. Empty Man uh, number seven and eight. I read those two and got caught up. Anyway, point being, they're all kind I mean, they were all good books. I didn't really read any bad books this week, except Psylords. And I'm really disappointed. I don't know if I've talked about how excited I was for this book, but I was really interested. It was, um, it's Valiant, the Valiant Universe, and this is the first time they're introducing these particular characters to the Valiant Universe in its modern form. Um, so that's saying, like, Valiant used to have a universe in the 90s and then the company went away for a while. So now they're doing a whole new universe since they've been back in, uh, I think, 2012. They came back and they have not brought these particular characters, this intellectual property that they've been sitting on. They're finally reintroducing these characters to the universe. So I was pretty excited because that plus like the way that it was all presented. I really like the colors and the space travel like. It seemed like it was going to be a fun book, kind of in the vein of, like, Guardians of the Galaxy or something. And it quickly, quickly I realized that is actually what they were going for, and they didn't do it well. This book is basically a prison break in space by super-powered beings. Which I don't totally understand that yet, because that, and that's part of the problem with the book. It keeps giving you more questions than answers. And I'm usually fine with that. I, I don't know. I've probably talked a lot about uh, The Leftovers. The Leftovers is one of the best shows I've ever watched. I love the way they write it. The the tension, the drama, the intrigue. Um, and, and, you know, everybody kind of missed that one for some reason. But uh, amazing writing. I really like that style. And that's kind of what you know like Psylords was trying to do but it didn't do it very well there's a lot of like stilted dialogue and it was boring um the dialogue I couldn't find those voices and then as soon as I started to like kind of find voices for each character there's a scene where they're like oh you're from Russia and I'm from this country and I'm from this why would you do that <laughs> why now these voices had to change to match like that he's a Russian guy, you know, and, and the way the dialogue's written, it's, it's, I mean, the, the characters are just saying things. They're not saying things based on their personality. And there's like a lot of really, I don't know, the, the whole book, it wasn't awful, but they have a lot of explaining to do. And this is my problem with like how, well, this is a personal problem I have because I understand how like comics are made and stuff and how publishers work. And so it's guaranteed this, you know, this book should have been stopped by an editor somewhere who was like, hey, I don't think this is going to work very well for a first issue because it doesn't hook you at all. It just makes you question a lot of really weird things, you know, and so I don't know. We know there's supposed to be 12 issues, but if they don't turn this around with the next three, I think at issue four, I'm out if they haven't hooked me. Because this first book was just really weird and broken, and it didn't work for me. And 
So, yeah, they're going to have to hook me by four. I feel like, I don't know. I don't think this book did what Valiant was thinking it would. So, we'll see. Here's a big issue I have with uh, the way the dialogue is written in this book, too. Everybody can't be... Con <laughs> okay, Marvel's movies, the MCU, they have this problem. Um, the last couple movies, in my opinion. If everybody's comic relief, you're not relieving anything. So they're not funny. Like, the jokes get really old and stale whenever there's like five of them every minute of film time, you know? Um, so that's really annoying to me. I like that, you know, you can have a, a diverse cast and, you know, you have your straight man and your serious man and your funny man. And, you know, like, I don't know. For me, it's really hard for everybody to be comic relief. Even if you look at, um, like, a, a sitcom or, like, It's Always Sunny, you know? Where does the comedy come from? It always comes from one of the characters being in a serious state, you know? Like, oh, it's so-and-so's wedding, so she's, like, real focused and serious about this thing, and we're all going to bounce jokes off of that, you know? Um, you... Two and a half men. You had Charlie Sheen bouncing jokes off of, um, I'm so sorry, I forget his name because he's actually a really good actor. Uh, I want to say Brian something. But anyway, point being off the brother, you know, uh, that was super serious. And then whenever they brought in Ashton Kutcher at the end, they also made him a party guy. So, like, I don't know, you didn't have a straight man anymore. So... That's kind of my point is like anything that is funny, it has, there has to be a serious element somewhere there, you know? Um, so for me, that was a, a big problem with this Psylords book is that everybody was comic relief. So there was no comic relief. So yeah, that was probably the biggest surprise. I really thought this was going to be a good book that would launch these characters. And it was really not that great. If you ask me. And I think they're going to have a lot of trouble getting these characters in people's minds. I don't know anything about what Psylords was before, like in the 90s. So who's to say, but I don't know if this is what everybody wanted because I didn't. So that's about it. Um, that pretty much wraps up like what I want to talk about about comic books. Other than that, I wanted to uh, do a shout out for... Uh, or I guess some shout outs. I just want to recognize some like low level under the radar indie project things that are going on that I have backed on um, Kickstarter specifically, I guess. But projects I believe in and I want to see succeed. So I want everybody to hear about them. So listen up. Graveyard Slaughter. You're going to hear a click. Sorry, that's the light in my car because I can't read this. Okay, so Graveyard Slaughter, it has five days to go. They're at 8,721 out of the requested 6,000. So that one's fully funded. But go donate money because it looks really cool. I really like it. I've sponsored it. It's going to be worth, um, we're unlocking stretch goals. So the more that people donate, the, the more stretch goal stuff we get. So that's really cool to me. I think it's going to be awesome. If you think it sounds awesome. Go look it up. It's Graveyard Slaughter. That would be awesome to uh, get some cool rewards. Okay.
The next one is Dynamo Azan, Azan, which is uh, it's basically a graphic novel that is like a protector of uh, some kind of tribe or something. I'm not totally sure, but it looks really cool. I really like the art style. I backed it. Please go back it if you think it sounds interesting. And that one is, uh, it's hard to tell. Honestly, the lights are messed up. Maybe 3,200 out of 8,500. So that one still has 21 days, I think. You have Rise of the Goatman. That one just started. There's 26 days on there left, I believe. And that one's actually from uh, After Light Comics. There's a movie called Typewriter, the movie that I came across. And it's about a girl who is trying to write a novel and then her friend gets bad news from immigration and they're going to deport him basically so she's found her story now she has to try to keep up with him and stay with him to write his story and it's a small indie film being made right here in Houston so they're looking for 49,000 I backed it for like 20 bucks but they're up to almost 11,000 so that looks like a, it's a cool movie concept to me. Um, you know, I, I deal, I feel pretty close to immigration issues. Um, it's a big deal down here in Houston and, you know, the southern half of Texas, at least pretty much all of Texas, I guess, but especially the southern half here in Houston, um, you know, immigration's a big thing. So anyway, a movie about an immigrant story and an immigration story, like that's, that's cool to me, so why not give them $20? If I wanted to go watch the movie in a theater, it would cost me $20 anyways for me and my wife. So, you know, it's worth it. Check them out on Kickstarter. That's called Typewriter, the movie. This episode, I want to talk about storytelling. And kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what storytelling really comes down to. So, for me, um, I think storytelling is important. It's always been a, a, an interest of mine. I'm really, I really like storytelling. I tend to look at characters, dialogue, world building, plot. Those things all attract me. And that's where I really have a lot of interest whenever if I'm watching a like I guess my point is when I watch movies or TV shows or I read a book or a comic book or listen to a podcast or watch stand-up comedy I'm always picking apart the story and finding the story and how it's all put together that kind of stuff really interests me and so that's kind of what I want to talk about with storytelling is the nuts and bolts of all of it and, and in this episode specifically what I'm getting at is um Kind of the psychology behind why storytelling is so significant to us as a people. Because I personally, I work in sales. And one of the first things that you'll learn or figure out or whatever else is the best way to sell something is to tell a story. If you tell a good story, people relate to it. People want to stick with it. They want to buy whatever it is. You can sell so many more things if you tell a story. And so that's kind of what I want to look at is the psychology of storytelling and why we as human beings are so uh, 
enthralled in a story, you know? Okay, so fun fact. During a TED Talk, the average speaker uses 25% of time giving facts and 65% of their time goes to telling a story. And to me, that's really interesting because even if you look at a, uh, a TED Talk about like traditional science or uh, like math concepts, even those TED Talks average out to the same. And the reason is because pure facts by themselves are just not, they don't stick in our brains that well. But a story will always stick in your brain. And the main reason that a story will stick in your brain is because our brains actually try to recreate the feelings um, that we hear in the story. So if you're listening to a story about a kid outside, well, your brain naturally tries to open this state of um, what does it feel like when I'm outside? And you have this physiological response where you can actually feel your body feels like you felt last time you were outside or whatever, you know, or outside on this kind of day or whatever. And so your brain is recreating that environment internally. So then you say, well, um, you know, you're a kid, you're outside and you're riding a bike. Well, your brain's immediately going to try to remember the feelings it had when you rode a bike when you were a kid. And it's going to recreate those feelings within your brain. So that's why stories stick with us, because they empathize with our past experiences. And we're not even trying to do that. Our brain is doing it. It's, it's amazing how we relate to stories, why stories are so important to us. Because if you look back through history, even uh, the Homo sapiens, they used storytelling in order to teach younger kids, the, the younger of the tribe, they would teach them what to do in certain situations by telling stories of what they had already been through. And the thing that we realize is the people that were most interested in stories are the ones that continued to survive and they evolved and natural selection kept them alive because they were the ones that knew not to go to this area or not to do this over here and therefore they survived. And so through natural selection, our brains are wired to learn from stories. It's even possible the only reason we tell stories is so that somebody can learn from our experience. Whether it's a sad story, a funny story, a hilarious story, a boring story, whatever it is, you're more likely to remember the facts within that story because your brain has created basically a false memory. It's taken all your other memories and pulled the feelings out of those that you get, the relatable emotions that you call, that you pick up from those stories. It's taken those, extracted them, and applied them to something else. So they've almost created a whole new memory. Now all of a sudden you remember a story or you remember a fact so well because you heard it within a story. And so that's the amazing thing about the brain and storytelling and how powerful it is. That's why when you're trying to sell something, you tell a story. Because guess what? When you tell that story and they start to get that rush of emotion and they start to empathize with how they would feel, imagine yourself on this Harley going down the road. All of a sudden their brain's going to start remembering what it felt like, you know, driving down the road with the window down in the car. Now they have a memory going in their brain of 
the time they went fishing with their dad and they were out on a dirt road and the wind's blowing in they're going oh yeah that felt so good i bet it'll feel even better on this harley now their brain has created basically a false memory and attached to it therefore they're like i can feel that wind in my hair already sign me up i want to take this thing out on the road right now and that's how you sell that's how you make people remember things that's how you teach that's how you tell a story is by creating those memories you want to create those moments whenever you're telling the story pause on the dramatic give them a moment to let their brain develop have you ever noticed um here you go stand-up comedy dave chappelle dave chappelle will hang on a word forever he will have long silence and why because he just set you up he set your brain up you got to think about this like whenever he pauses what he's doing is he's letting your brain go oh yeah remember remember the way that stovetop stuffing smells oh yeah that's right and your brain's like oh and remember that time you were at home your your sister had just come back from winning a championship and everybody in the house was excited and so your mom made stovetop stuffing boom now you have this memory all those feelings are coming back those emotions they fuse and connect with this uh this storyteller who's telling you a, a story about making stovetop stuffing and now what we tend to do is go this story is relatable well guess why it's relatable because it's already happened to you and your brain's made that association the way that storytelling works is amazing not only do we have you know a, a way of creating and teaching and giving people information that they can return retain but we also have a system where people can, they, they can, uh, the way their body reacts, the way their brain reacts, you know, we, by understanding how storytelling works, you can, you can have a direct line into somebody's brain. You tell them a story, therefore you can get into their brain and see the way they think. The way they react to a story tells you exactly what they were thinking about the moment before. When the, the big plot twist, um, Game of Thrones, The Red Wedding. Can you imagine watching that in, in real life? Remember the reaction videos to that? That's what made those reaction videos so good is we were just watching a video of somebody watching a story unfold and they're thinking, okay, this is going to happen next. This is going to happen next. All of a sudden people die, start dying and they're just like, wait, th this isn't what my brain was thinking was going to happen. We, we've, you know, at that, in that moment, that's what makes that kind of writing so great is that your brain is on one set path and it knows what's going to happen. And that's where the shock comes from is that all of a sudden you're like, whoa, wait, I don't, I don't feel the same way now. I was relating to this feeling. They're going into this wedding. I've been to a wedding. I've been to a get together. I've been to events where family, you know, things like that. And whenever you see them, you're just so excited. And that's what we were relating to in that moment is like that feeling of a, a wedding or a quinceanera or whatever else, you know. But then all of a sudden it just completely changed course and our brain goes, whoa, wait, I, I don't relate to this. What's happening? And it gives us, you know, we all look at it and we see shock. But what it is, is our brain trying to like realign, honestly, and figure out like, whoa, wait, what just happened? Where do we go next? And then that's where the really great writing comes in because it kind of redirects you and puts you back on that path and says that was a crazy turn of events but now we're back on this path and this is where we're headed now and so 
that's um that's how storytelling works that's how you get those great moments we call it um shaking expectations but really what we're doing is tricking the brain but if you do it in the right way it works and that's what's so amazing so that's all i really wanted to talk about was how how much i love storytelling and how storytelling transfers um I guess I didn't even really get into it with podcasts, but I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious there. I was listening to Stephen Colbert on, uh, Stephen Colbert was on WTF with Mark Maron this week, and he talks a lot about storytelling, but really, whenever you look at that podcast overall, um, Armchair Experts, kind of the same format, they sit down and they talk to somebody and they have them tell their life story. Why is it every time they sit down with the guests, they start with, where were you born? Where did you come from? What was life like as a kid? And they eventually get into their adulthood and the career they're in. You know, there's no reason they couldn't just ask them whatever questions and jump around. But you specifically listen to that story unfold in a certain way because you relate to it. I remember being a kid and loving wrestling. Oh, so I can see how he next moved into this direction, you know. I remember being a kid and and loving um, all that. And so I can understand how somebody else could see that and go, oh, well, now I really like SNL. And so then I get into improv whenever I go into college. And, you know, we can make those connections whenever we see it in order. It's really weird if it's like, oh, well, I was doing this and then this, and that's how I got on SNL. And you're like, well, that's great, but how did you get to the point where you were doing those things? Oh, in college? Okay, well, then what'd you do in high school? Okay. You know, it would be a weird series of events. So we keep it in order because our brains can then connect one step at a time and say, oh, I remember being a kid and doing that. So I could see where this could go. And then you're already there. So now you're going, okay, and if I was here, I'd probably go in this direction next, you know. So storytelling is extremely powerful. It comes into every facet of our lives. Like I said, for me, it's a lot of comic books and podcasts and stand-up comedy. That's where I get a lot of my stories from and um work you know like i said i'm in sales i tell a lot of true stories i'm not like i don't tell lies to get my sales but um you know i tell stories and that's how i can sell a customer on something so i'm sure if you look around you you're using storytelling every day whether you're teaching somebody something or you're trying to get um figure out a way to remember information it happens all the time our brain remembers specific little details because it remembers something that we've connected with emotionally. So when we draw back on that emotion, we can remember that information. So that's all I really have to say. It's getting pretty late. And I think I've talked way longer than I intended to. But thanks for checking out the podcast. The support has been awesome. Please, my name's Ryan. Um, I go by new guy as well. N-U-E-X-G-U-Y. Look me up on Instagram and Twitter. Check out anybody and everything that I've talked about. And y'all have a great week. And I'll see you next time.